Welcome to the North Florida Wrestling Show, where the conversation never leaves the mat. We have a great one for you today. Chris Elam from Niceville Wrestling Academy joins us in the wrestling room. We hear about the amazing new facility, the grand opening camp, and a little bit about being a father coach. Get warmed up as we hit the mat next. This guy is extraordinary, at least from what I know of him. I'm excited to learn a little bit more out of him. Um, he is the director and lead instructor of the Nice Little Wrestling Academy. He is special forces, a father of three, and he and his wife Betty somehow find more than 24 hours in the day, every day, to get so much stuff done that I'm excited to talk about. I would like to welcome onto the show today, Mr. Chris Elam. How are you doing today, Chris? Good. Just once again, uh, we're in our new facility. Um, Peyton's going to finish up and transition from the Nightville High School to uh, our own place. So staying busy. Well, hey, Chris, thanks for being with us, man, talking with us. Uh, congratulations on the new facility. You know, I started a club, it seems like a million years ago, um, Panama City. And uh, you know as well as I do, there's a lot of leg work and a lot of. Uh, time spent in it and um you know it's for a good cause and uh, from the things jordan has told me you know you're really hard worker obviously from your resume and uh, you're doing it for the right reasons and uh we appreciate your effort to further the sport and your passion in it and uh we're excited to hear you talk a little bit about wrestling with us today yeah for sure i'm excited to uh share the experience and you know grow the panhandle um so I'm ready to dive into everything that you guys have of, uh, that you want to talk about. So I know you have the facility opening, I believe Wednesday, I believe you said, and we have the camp coming up uh, on November 11th through 13th with Connor Bebe. So um, what all has gone into getting this new facility up about it? You know, tell us about the facility. Um, tell us maybe the journey of, you know, you going from the start of the club to getting to this new, um, in my opinion, very amazing facility. You know, how did all this come to fruition from the very start of your involvement with Niceville? Yeah, so I uh, joined the Niceville Eagles Wrestling Club is what it was previously called back in 2020. Uh, I started coaching back in 2017, North Carolina. And, you know, with my job, uh, we moved down here. Uh, when I first arrived, there was a, um, the coach was Coach G, who has an awesome resume and did a really good job growing the club and keeping it alive, along with a lot of other volunteers in the area that came and go um, throughout the years. And J and Jason Hip and and Mac, Coach Mac as well, who's still coaching with us. Um, I tied in with them uh, back in 2019 and then 2020 when I came back from my Afghanistan rotation. Obviously, COVID was a big thing, so. We were initially practicing out of a small little RV garage until we were able to get back into the high school um, later on the year with the COVID regulations and everything that was tied into that. And um, we've been slowly trying to transition from running this as a, a hobby, like in our side time, and trying to expand it and make it a more professional and business-like environment, um, creating a very conducive schedule and tying in with the community and finally, you know, we raised enough funds and got sponsorships, something that we added as well, um, in order to get this new facility, along with this being the first year 
that we've been able to conduct a year-long practice because you both know as well as I do that, you know, it's it's hard to get really good at wrestling if you're practicing only four, four months out of the year and then you take eight months off and trying to come back, trying to, um, you know, that whole first month, you're trying to relearn everything. Maybe you're not in the best conditioning. Um, so it's been, it's been a giant leap. And, you know, I'm surrounded by amazing uh, coaching staff and people on our nonprofit uh, board as well that are ensuring that we're staying tied into our mission and doing this for the right cause and not getting distracted by little things. So um, that's everything from, from, you know, when this initially established in 2014 to when I came in 20, uh, the end of 2019 and, and where we're at now, you know, going into our own, our own new place. And as you mentioned with Connor Beebe, he's coming up here November 11th, 12th, and 13th, and it's going to run this camp that is tying in with our grand opening. So it's going to be an awesome event, hoping to get a, a lot of eyes uh, in the local area to come, along with, you know, we have people coming from uh, Alabama and as far out as Tallahassee is right now to come to this camp and, and see our new facility. So um, we, we're trying to keep the momentum going and, continue to slowly uh, outfit our new facility to be able to have a consistent presence in in not only from K through eight, as we have always have have been, but now expanding into um, adding a high school uh, champions practice as well. So those kids um, that haven't had the opportunity to practice year round at the high school level, they'll be able to call NWA home and do that moving forward. Yeah, Chris, that's kind of, you kind of, answered the next question I was going to ask you is how do you see um well first of all you hit it right on the head as far as um trying to be in top form just in the short four-month folk style season as opposed to training year-round having that facility there and the resources there available to the kids so the question I was going to have which you, you kind of briefly answered but um how do you see your program there tying in long term with the with the high school and even beyond do you have um ambitions to do off-season stuff um maybe introduce which i'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, international styles i'm sure you are um but where, where do you see one the club tying in with the high school and then beyond that yeah so great great question and um this year, as I mentioned, uh, with us adding that next step, you know, we're not we're we are independent. We're not tied into any particular high school. I know that's kind of a, a misconception with us saying Niceville Wrestling Academy, but that's just a place. That's just where we're physically at. We're not tied in with any school. So, you know, with this camp, for instance, uh, we we gave out 30 spots for free for this camp. Um, and those all went to to the high school. So I went to Niceville High School, Fort Walton Beach, South Walton, Rocky Bayou. And I'm probably missing another one, but we gave out all 30 of those spots um, to the area. And that's where, you know, Coach Matt, he's heading our, our high school practice moving forward. And what we're hoping to do is with this camp is um, these high schoolers who are might be unaware of, of Niceville Wrestling Academy because we've always been a K-8 program. They'll see this and they're going to they're going to meet the coaching staff here and they'll get tied in with Coach Matt, who's leading the program. And we'll be able to continue during the season. We're looking at doing three high school practices a week, um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And then in the off season, once uh, Florida State finishes, we'll have to relook at our schedule. But we're going to go year round. 
Um, we're adding a section off to the side with uh, AstroTurf and workout equipment for strength and conditioning as well because we all know that's super important, um, especially once you get to that high school age after the testosterone kicks in. Um, it's almost like being on steroids. You, you get strong really quick, and, and uh, those kids, um, they sprout. So strength is, we know, is super important as well. And talking about at the, the different styles, freestyle, Greco, um, we have coaches who competed at the very high level. We have Coach Rachel, who competed all the way up to um, the Olympic trials back in 2004. And we have other, a couple other coaches who competed in, you know, at high level in D1 um, college and, uh, and are very familiar with these other um, styles just besides folk style. So that's something that we always concentrated on last year. We took a team to um, the Spartan tournament in Jacksonville. And we, we tied them with the rest of the panhandle, and we took two teams. We got third and fourth overall, the panhandle did. Um, and this year we plan on taking a, a high school team there and making some noise along with another NWA um, team at the youth level. So we're all over it, and um, I, I personally believe that doing folk style, freestyle, and Greco is all pertinent. It will um, prove it's prove beneficial and <laughs> help each other out in the long end. I have had a chance to like, you know, watch you coach and everything. And, you know, I went from coaching a little bit like older kids to starting working with like some younger kids. And I forgot how hard it is, but you always make it look so simple upon like, you know, keeping their attention, breaking down the material um, to where they can understand it. Cause that is such a hard part for me. Like, it's like, you know, I'm not sure how to break it down any further. But you always find a way to, you know, you help retain that and, uh, you know, that the information. Where did you develop that? Um, have you always had that? You know, have, is your passion more with coaching the younger kids, or do you like to work with older kids, or is it you just, you know, have a passion to get the the information and grow the sport? Period. Yeah. So that that's an awesome point. I think, um, you know, in, right after high school. Uh, I joined uh, the Air Force before I switched over to the Army, and I had a I had a long break between wrestling and then picking up coaching again, uh, about six years. So, and I I never thought I would get back into into the sport. Honestly, it never crossed my mind. I thought, um, you know, maybe you know my son Christopher he would get into wrestling, but I didn't think myself that I would coach. You know, I think as a as a father who does a sport, um, you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, we all naturally want to assist our kids um, in becoming, you know, maybe off on the side uh, and becoming, you know, a mentor to them. But uh, once, once I got into it in, in North Carolina, I was hooked. And once again, like I, I had great people who mentored me and taught me how to coach. Um, I, I, want, I don't want to say it comes a natural, but before I got into the job now where I learned um, different techniques, I learned from, you know, just observing for the first year. I didn't do a whole lot of coaching. I, I sat in the room and I helped move kids' arms and legs and put them in the right position, but I didn't instruct. I just absorbed like a sponge. And then when I moved here, um, I think I naturally brought that with me. And then additionally, I got some, I got some real life experience um, teaching what I do for a living now. Um, you know, I, I teach people stuff and I learn tips from people who've been doing it for 20 years. And that ties into, into every aspect of life, whether it's, teaching someone to change a tire, teaching someone to wrestle, teaching someone um, how to shoot a gun. You know, you learn these basic instructor skills 
And then I think it helps a lot too, is when you, when you have children, because, you know, I, I'm at home. If I tell my son to go ahead and pour a glass of um, milk into a cup, he's probably not going to hold the cup. He's going to try to lift it in and the momentum of the milk is going to push it over. So being very specific in particular, um, at least with the youth kids about, you know, why you're doing something, um, because it's going to help you in the secondary and tertiary effects for that. So that's something I've adapted. And, and as I have coaches who, you know, they've maybe had wrestled at a really high level, like you said, they might've only coached um, at high school. And it's easy to talk to someone who, um, who's able to take what you say and then naturally do it rather than a kid. You tell them to do something. They're, they're going to do it the way you told them. They're not going to, um, put two and two together. So I think, um, you know, I get a lot of enjoyment with teaching with the K through eight kids. Um, I will be helping out with the high school practice here and there as coach Matt needs me. Um, but to me, the, the most, um, the most emotionally like gratifying thing is, is showing those young kids. Um, and I think it, maybe it's just cause you know, my kids are still at that age and once they get to high school age, maybe they'll pull me a little more over there. But uh, seeing the kids start out from you've never done the sport before and then at the very end they're able to execute a stand-up or, or they win their first match, that's super gratifi- gratifying to me. And um, it, ke- it keeps me honest, really. It, it keeps me tied into the mission. It reminds me, you know, this is why I'm doing it. Like I said, we're nonprofit. All the coaches are volunteers. This isn't money-driven at all. Um, so just that honest feedback is, uh, I think, is what's going to keep me tied into doing this for a long time. I'd be remiss to not say uh, thank you for your service. I'm a veteran myself and uh, appreciate your, your service and dedication to the country. And, and like you touched on, you know, that K through eight level really is where, you know, you, you lay the groundwork for a, you know, a successful wrestling career on the mat. And, and of course I have seen you coach. I, I saw you interact at the Niceville uh, tournament several months ago. And I can just tell by your actions, you know, you're, you're very committed and passionate to what you're doing and we appreciate that. And, um, you know, you've touched on uh, some of the points in your adult life and, and where wrestling has uh, played a role. But if you could um, share with us, you know, go back a little ways. What was your introduction to the sport? How did you get involved in wrestling? And then um, how did it progress to, you know, the adult level and to where you're at now? Yeah, so um, I'm from – Portland, Oregon, uh, at least in, in Portland, wrestling was never big. It's really big in basketball and um, football, mostly basketball. You know, Nike's there, so naturally everyone plays basketball there. And um, I've always – I think I got into wrestling because um, I wanted to stay intertwined in sports. Um, you know, I didn't you know, I didn't want to go back home and hang out. I was never really into to studying and doing well in school. That's why I'm still in college now. I'm taking my college classes because uh, I, I was driven away from that um, in my youth. So now I'm paying. I started wrestling when I was in seventh grade, and then I did it all the way through my senior year. Um, never did particularly well. Never stood out. I uh, had a couple opportunities to wrestle at a, a JUCO, um, Clackamas Community College, which is they're crushing it. They're doing really well. I um, built a solid program. But um, I joined the Air Force right away because – you know, I made this, some decisions. I had a kid young, and I need to provide for my family. So that's that's where it ended for me was my last year in high school. Um, and like I said, I never thought I'd get back into this. 
until, you know, as my son got older, he started turning five years old and he was doing gymnastics. And I was like, I wonder if there's wrestling in North Carolina. <laughs> Cause like I said, I completely got away from the sport. I didn't even watch it in college, any college matches, any world matches. Um, I was just too busy um, training and, and moving around. So coming back to this was like a real shock, especially in the position I was now. Um, Cause like when I was in North Carolina, I was, you know, the fifth guy in the stack i wasn't i wasn't leading anything i was falling i was observing i was learning and then when i got here you know i i saw the opportunity um to help to help out and i knew that we could do we could do more and we could grow the sport the panda handle since just i've been here in the last three years has grown really big um at the youth level uh, we've always had to compete in alabama and then and this year um alabama uh, made some new regulations, the AYWO, that uh, we're not able to compete at regionals or state anymore. So we're doing, we made our own circuit here with the the other youth clubs in the area, and we made our own schedule. And this year we're going to compete at uh, IOF and FAWA. So we're on a great trajectory in general for the area, and we're going to continue growing the sport. I'm sure you were a lot better of a wrestler than you give yourself credit for, but um, you know I love the fact I love how you know a lot of really good coaches you know make a mention of that because I feel like there's a lot of people who are were good wrestlers and they you know they end up they always they'll carry it around like oh I'm a good wrestler so I can teach someone how to be a good wrestler and that's not the case like you know just like you were saying like you know you had to learn your skill of being an instructor you spent time and time and time looking and finding those little things so you know you obviously you know you might be in college you know going back to college now but it seems like you've always continued learning throughout your entire life and you know it's definitely shows in your coaching ability um so you know being you know like you you've been in the coaching game and getting a club going for a little bit um what would you say to another you know someone that's trying to get a club going or might be in the early stages of getting a club going you know what are some challenges that you faced in ways that you um you were able to get to the you know the grand, the grand opening of a new um state-of-the-art facility there in Niceville? yeah um there's a couple things i would tell them i would first off i would want to see why they want to do it and make sure they're doing it for the right reasons um because it, it can't be all about money or can't be like, Oh, I want to relive my glory days. That's not what it's about. You're, if you're doing that, you're going to burn kids out. You're going to, um, you know, make kids cut weight at a youth level when they don't need to, cause they're still growing into their body. So make sure you're having a, the right purpose for doing it. Um, secondly, the big thing I would say, and I see it with, um, I've seen it with many coaches in the area. You know, I've gone to a couple of national tournaments with our kids is you got to put your, you got to check your ego. You know, you can't um, be walking around thinking you're the baddest dude because you took first place at a tournament 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, but you got to – just because you're a great wrestler and you, you just kind of talked about it doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. and doesn't mean you're able to um, – if you have a big ego, you're not going to let pe people, people in that could benefit or you might have great people around you and you're going to kick them out because you're, you're stuck on this line where, you know, you're, you're, you think you're in charge of everything. And that's, that's not a thing that we have here. You know, what I kind of do is um, there's a lot of people that ask me that, that want to help out. And it's a hard time for me to, to let people in or to tell people, no, like we're good. We have a lot of, 
good co- uh, coaches. But, you know, that's the position I'm in. Um, I'm more, you know, I do a lot of talent management with our coaches. I want to make sure we're utilizing coaches proper, um, sets in the appropriate practices. So if I have a couple coaches that I feel that would be better placed in advanced practice, um, even though their kid might not be in there, you know, that's something they're going to have to accept because they're here to coach everybody and that you're just particular kid. That's a big thing that we see with, with, um, across all sports is, and the, the coach's kid is looking at like he's has some type of favoritism which, you know, I want to make sure I draw the line in the sand where that's not the case here. You know, every kid um, is going to benefit the same whether, you know, they're coaches' kids or they're not. You know, favoritism is a thing. That's 100% a thing. But it shouldn't be based off of, you know, because it's your, your child. It should be based off of, you know, is, is the kid working hard? Is he doing it the right way? Is he putting, or he or she, like my daughter, are they putting in effort? Are they faking injuries? Um no, because it's all at the end of the day, we know, you know, we all have our favorites, but it should be based off of the kids work ethic and not just because they're the coach's kid. There's co- certain kids that are going to come to practice and they don't want to practice. They just got drugged to practice. And then there's going to be kids that come to practice and they want to drill. You know, and it's very it's very obvious for anyone who's who's coached a sport at all. And that's, you know, those are battles that, you know, as, as a new coach who's going to take over a program, they need to understand and they need to ensure that they're keeping their coaches accountable um, and not pushing them away, being open-minded. And, you know, I think the last thing I would say is staying hungry, you know, don't be okay with just, you know, running a program a certain way. If you're doing this, you know, it would be a disservice to the kids or to the area. If you're, you know, just checking the box, you know, once again, I keep going back to money, um, but, you know, checking the box and trying to collect a paycheck. You know, that that's not the reason why. If that's if that's your reason, then hand off the program to somebody else or, or don't set one up because you're not going to benefit the area. Yeah, Chris, uh, just just as in the Portland area where where you're from, you know, you're in the panhandle of Florida here and, and football is definitely king here uh, and it probably will be forever. And of course, there are your secondary and third sports, baseball, basketball, many sports to um affect the pool that's out there so what what are some of your ideas um in making the sport more attractive for the younger uh you know members of the population to get them involved and to keep them involved as opposed to um you know, letting them or not saying letting them, but making it making it a priority in their lives. So what are some ideas that you have to increase the numbers at that at that youth level? It's a great question. And uh, I've talked to we talked about this last night with myself and, and Coach Matt, who's over here painting our wall. Um, and I, I talked about it a little bit with Jordan um, the other day, too. And one thing is our, I think we got to stay open minded, you know, um, for the, the sport is evolving. I know Coach Jason. He's doing a great thing with the war zone. I think that's a fantastic format for, uh, for kids to wrestle. You know, it could be really hard for parents to, to, you know, first let them, you know, join a wrestling program and then they got to drive, you know, particularly down here in, in Florida, you know, sometimes you got to drive two hours. That's the closest tournament compared to up North. And, you know, your kid goes, he's just starting out or she's just starting out. They wrestle two matches and you're done for the day. Like that is, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I had to deal with that. You know, a couple of times when I was in North Carolina, driving from uh, from Fayetteville all the way to um, Charlotte to 
watch my son lose <laughs> two matches and then Jake take that sad drive back. So I think that format's awesome. So staying open-minded. I know another thing, you know, we were all little kids growing up is um, there's some insecurities out there. So, you know, kids wrestling only in singlets. I know that's like the traditional thing, but you know, that's, that can be an insecurity and you don't want that to be some reason why a kid doesn't want to compete. So I think it's fantastic. You know, the last couple of years I've seen, um, tournaments being okay with wearing some type of fighting shorts and a compression shirt, you know, that gets kids on the mat. So that's awesome. So that's good. And um, one thing I know that we're particularly going to do here is now that we have our own space is we're going to try to host a, a duel uh, a month. You know, that'd be, that'd be ideal here in our facility. Um, so, you know, we go reach out and we ask the assassins wrestling club, Hey, we want to do a duel, just throwing a date out there, December 3rd. Will you be willing to bring a lineup down here? And then we we wrestle, you know, we wrestle a duel with our kids. And then, you know, if we can get uh, our enough high school kids that are in both of our clubs as well, we can knock out a match there. And that's going to grow the sport too because big thing is, you know, in practice area, sometimes parents just drop off their kids and they leave, which is fine. That's that's okay. But, you know, for those parents who don't go out to tournaments, this is going to be the opportunity where they're going to see their kid um, wrestle and compete. And, you know, when that kid gets his hands raised, he's going to be super happy or she's going to be super happy. And mom and dad are going to feel like, okay, so my money's going for a great cause. I can see the enjoyment on my kid's face. It's not a baby care, uh, a daycare service. And the last thing, which I know that we're doing here, I don't know if we're doing everywhere, is we're going to try to do, you know, make this more of a community-based club. So we did, we did a couple of fundraisers. We did one. We did a big breakfast um, last month, uh, which we did really well. We're going to try to do a couple more, you know, whether that's car washes or um, busting tables at a restaurant. And maybe we just collect the tips, something like that, something to, to show our face in the community. And, um, you know, I would like to give back to the community as well, whether that's, you know, we own a we own a street or highway. Where we pick up trash once a month, something like that. Just constantly showing our face, showing that we're out there. Like you said, wrestling's not big down in Florida, so a lot of people don't know about it. They know about football. They know about baseball. So in order to create awareness, we just got to be out showing that we exist. Um, so I actually have a question kind of directed toward both of y'all. Um, so I just, you know, recently became a stepfather and got, you know, Steven and Chris into wrestling. And I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how to navigate being a coach and then being the coach's son and being in practice. You know, I don't know if I've ever actually asked you about this, Dad, um, and also Chris. Like, so how do you um, how do you navigate that dynamic between having a kid on the team? And Chris is quite good as well. And, you know, you know, you, all your kids are quite athletic. You know, how do you navigate? You know, coaching a, a you know a team or a practice with your kid there? Yeah. So I guess I'll take this one first. Um, so the big thing that's been a challenge for me is. Uh, my daughter, Rhapsody, um, you know, girls, girls wrestling is growing and we're 100%, you know, all for it. My daughter's wrestled for a year and a half and this year she told me she's hanging it up and retiring. So trying to, trying to get, retain her without, you know, being overbearing of a father, forcing her to do the sport, but trying to make it fun. Um, like we're going to try to do a girls practice once a month or once a week with coach Rachel. And, you know, that's, that's the way how I kind of backed her into a corner to come into practice because I don't want to force on her, but telling her, hey, Coach Rachel's going to do it. No, she's going to be around girls uh, and wrestling girls. So 
that's one thing is trying not to force them to do the sport if they don't want to do it, but having the an, having an opening for them to take the opportunity if you can. Um, with Christopher, I've never really had an issue. I think because he's the oldest, he's always been kind of more responsible. He's been put in that position. Um, so the one thing I have for him is uh, is sometimes I'll give him the stinky eye where in practice if I see him goofing off. I got to give him like the the people's eyebrow, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and uh, like, hey man, like you're you're a coach's son, you know, you're you've won state the last three or four years in a row um, for Alabama. Like people are looking for you to be a leader, and if you're goofing off, then they're gonna think it's okay if they're, you know, for them to goof off. So a leadership role for him, but um, try not to be too overbearing and and force it on, but naturally let it come to him. And then you know as well as I do, Jordan is um landon's a handful you know he's a he's a tasmanian devil and he uh he can be very frustrating at times um because he's younger and he's my youngest child he's the baby um so mom mom lets him get away with a lot and so do i but having him you know at practice and if he's goofing off too i have to tell him the same thing i'm like hey you're a coach's son you know but i'm not against kicking you out of practice and i've kicked landon out of practice a couple of times because you know i don't want to I don't want him to be a distraction uh, in the wrestling room. It just creates an unfair environment, and I'm completely unbiased to that. So, try. I get. I guess you know it's a. It's a. It's something that the kids have to bear because they, you know, they are the coach's kid. That you know, I I'm probably more strict with them than I am my other kids. So, that that's the big thing for me is, you know trying to make them be, you know, no matter how old they are or what position they are, you know, don't push too much. And then also ensure that they're abiding by the rules, just like everyone else. They're not special. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic when you're the coach and then your, your son's a part of the program. And um, because, you know, there's that emotional, there's that emotional bond with them that you don't really share with, with the rest of the rest of the team. And then, you know, you try not to be overbearing and, and, um, that is a learned thing, I, I must admit. And I think there comes a point where you have to you have to let others kind of take those reins and help develop help develop your child, and you just kind of become the parent. And um, you know, you 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 spoke it so well, and that would probably be the only bit of advice I would give to a a coach who has a child on the team is you know, let, let other people get involved in that process as well. And, and observe as a parent, I think in the end, at least looking back now that Jordan has been grown for a long time and, and, and looking back at those decisions I made, those were some of the best decisions because I was able to enjoy his progress and success as a parent, more so being vested as a coach. So good stuff, Chris, appreciate it. All right, Chris, we don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you're, you know, you're busy getting the facility up and running, um, but I know you have that camp coming up. Can you give us a, you know, quick preview of what uh, this amazing camp that you have coming November 11th, 12th, and 13th? Yep, so that coincided with our grand opening. So Connor Beebe, he's coming down from Central Florida, or I should say coming up. Um, so one of the real cases where someone's coming up to Florida. But he's coming up to the panhandle and um, he's going to put a, a clinic on. We have a there's a practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the advanced the advanced 
kids or 13 plus year old kids, this is tar- more targeted for the high school age kids is there's a practice that Friday night. We're going to have some, uh, some pizza there as well that Helen Beck's providing um, that we'll be able to sell, you know, cause it's going to be a little late for, for, so for dinner out there, for those uh, kids coming or the parent members coming from all around the area. And then we're going into three practices for those kids on Saturday and then two capping off on Sunday. And then we had some parents who wanted to come out, but their kids weren't old enough um, or, you know, maybe it's their first or second year. So we, we've piggybacked a, a kid's camp on there as well, which we're doing a practice one Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So they'll also get the, the experience of wrestling around with coach BB and, you know, learning some uh, fantastic moves and fundamental skills that he's been really successful with um, at his Academy moving forward. So it's, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, we're going to showcase our facility and you're going to be able to um, get a great experience out of it. We want to continue providing camps like this throughout the panhandle uh, as long as there's demand. So we're excited to start, you know, building upon this experience. Well, man, we appreciate So we appreciate your time. We appreciate all the effort that you're putting into building up Niceville Wrestling and Panhandle Wrestling as a whole. Um, you know, coaches like you and all the other ones around the, you know, around the Panhandle that have come in lately. I think we're very lucky, and I think we're going to see big things to come. Um, but man, thanks. I can't wait to see the new facility on 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 Wednesday, and I can't wait for the Connor and Baby Camp. Uh, November 13th, uh, 11th through 13th. It's going to be fantastic. Make sure you guys sign up. We're going to have the link in the description below. Chris, thank you much for your time. Tell everybody over there I said hey, and thanks for all their hard work. All right. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it. And you too, Dad. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Good luck with the camp. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us again on the North Florida Wrestling Show. Make sure to join us for the Florida High Coach Clay Allen this Wednesday in a very special double-sized episode with Grappling House's Jason Westlager and CEO at Warzone Wrestling Competition, the Grinds, Jason Layton, on Friday. It's going to be a great one. We'll see you there.